Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Guys, this is it. Greetings, mutant brothers and sisters. Oh, wait. You can't steal my catchphrase for your show. <laughs> Wrong show. Okay. Uh, this is Kaiju Transmissions. Uh, this is Bird. I'm Matt. And if you heard that third voice, that is Trev from the now famous Days of Future podcast, X-Men podcast. Uh, and also my co-host, I, you know, I feel like a lot of people might not know, but we do have, I do host another podcast called If It Bleeds, We Can Kill It, which is more of just like a general nerd movie podcast. And that's my co-host. His name's Trev. Hello. I've been on here before, too. Yes. You uh, talked about House with us. And, yeah, and, and, Shin, and Godzilla. Shin Godzilla, which, Trev, you are ecstatic that it won seven Japanese Academy Prize uh, Awards. Well, I mean, there's two reasons. Like, I, I'm not ecstatic, but I take comfort in the fact that I don't care about awards in general, even American Academy Awards, <laughs> and also knowing that those Academy Awards you're talking about are even more meaningless than the American ones. <laughs> like, I don't care. That Maybe shit. they. Do you think like for each of those seven, they did like uh, they made like a Warren Beatty mistake and like. Yeah, <laughs> meant to give the award to someone else. No, I think the sad thing is I think they were dead on on all those. I'm sure that was the intended winner, and that's the that's the that's the, the tragedy. Um, but, um, but yeah, thanks for having me back on. I know yeah. uh, I might maybe I'm not the most popular guy with some of your listeners. I don't know. I don't know. You know what? You'll be fine. Yeah, we'll we'll protect you. Um, now uh, I'm on just like the regular Joe, right? I re- I represent yeah. the more casual kaiju fan. Trev represents Continue. Joe the plumber. Remember Joe the Plumber? Represent Joe the Plumber. <laughs> is he still is he still out I'm there? I'm sure is he's that... still plumbing or something. <laughs> um, yeah, Trev is very uh, casually into the, the the kaiju stuff, and um, this this is a topic that's not as close to his heart as uh, maybe some of us. But uh, we might want to mention we are live in studio in the If It Bleeds recording studio, which is my apartment. Um, and Matt is here from Ohio Woo-hoo. to enjoy the weekend with us. Uh, and um, we did a couple of these back in January that haven't been released yet when I was out there. So um, 
so Trev, being a, a friend of both of us, we said, you know, why not? He saw Skull Island with us. Why not invite him on to bring a more casual perspective? And he's also here to record an episode that will be much more his thing, which mm-hmm. you'll find out what that is sometime in the future. Um, but yes, we have been doing a, uh, a big build-up to Kong Skull Island. We have done uh, a, a Kong-themed themed episode. It's been released every week. So go back and listen to those if you like. And uh, our Kong 33 and, uh, and RKO Kong episode was like one of the first ones we did. So those are all available to you. And you can follow us on Twitter at KT underscore podcast. podcast. Yes. You can follow us on Facebook, and you can email us at kaijutransmissions at gmail.com. Also, if you rate and review us on iTunes, good fortune will come your way. What about uh, Tumblr? Man, we don't know Tumblr. Snapchat? Man, we have Snapchat. You guys on yeah, Tinder? Sin nudes. We're, we're <laughs> yeah, we're, we are on Tinder. <laughs> if, you want, if you want to find us on Tinder... <laughs> Oh, look up KT uh, underscore like wiener or something. <laughs> You'll find us on Tinder. That pro- but don't pro- go on Google and look up Kaiju Wiener because you will find stuff. Yes. You, like, Those please. exist. That yeah. is correct. Yeah. yeah. Please don't do that. Yeah, no, not for the sake of your sanity. We get one of those guys on. Oh. <laughs> um, so. Skull Island. Open. You sure you guys don't want to pause this and go see it one more time before we talk about yes. it? Yes, I saw it twice. Matt and I saw it again today. It's been out for twenty-four hours. Yes. Okay. Trev seems disappointed that we've seen it twice. I saw Force Awakens twice in the same day. I didn't do that. I saw it once. And that was only a matter of convenience because I'd gone and then I got a text from my brother that was like, "Oh, I have an extra ticket for like the showing." That's like we now. we bought two tickets within twenty-four <laughs> hours. Yeah. To go see this movie. Okay. Um, but that's, that's, uh, that's what's on everyone's mind right now. Um, so, uh, Skull Island is the second entry in Legendary's Monsterverse, which, uh, will eventually lead into, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong in 2020. But really, the first entry made with, like, an inkling of it being a Monsterverse, right? right? yeah. I yeah. mean... Yeah. 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 Um... And, uh, so I think this movie is probably more representative of what they're going for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think especially like uh, in in tone. Yeah. Which, well, we, yeah, we'll, we'll, see. we'll yeah, we'll talk about that. But um, directed by, uh, well, I guess at least for me and Trev, hometown hero from Detroit, Jordan Vogt. Vacht Roberts. I don't know how to say the middle part. I'm just going to call him Roberts. Don't look at me like I know how to say anybody. <laughs> I, would, I would imagine it's Vought. Vought. I, I would imagine the G is Jordan silent. Vought I just Roberts, call him the beard. Uh, who uh, a few years ago... He's got was, a good one. He, yeah. he has a glorious beard. <laughs> who, uh, for, I guess a few years ago was kind of an indie darling for a movie called Kings of Summer. Did you ever see that? I didn't. No, I want to. Though. Yeah. yeah. I remember, I remember it being relatively well-liked. Mm-hmm. Um... And uh, he is, I guess. I guess that's kind of a thing now. Is that's getting, what you do. Snatching you, up these these younglings. These you find guys. a guy who directed a movie with you know three people walking down the street, and you say, "Hey, here's a yeah hundred million dollar special <laughs> effects extravaganza." That is legendary's like go to move. That's right a lot now. of that's I, what everyone's doing now, man. Yeah. Who set that precedent? Do you think it was Nolan? 
It might, maybe. I mean, I definitely think the success of the Batman films uh, allowed Hollywood to like look at that as a, a model. Yeah. Um. Uh. So. I guess. Tell you what, nobody was coming to Jim Jarmusch and uh, Richard Linklater <laughs> giving them Star yeah. Wars films and Godzilla films. Although I, I would, I would watch that. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> um. So I, I guess uh, I, when this was announced. It was just, you know, Legendary is doing a King Kong movie, and it was back when they were at Universal. And Universal... Well, I could, I've told the story on our other podcast. Right. I was at the Legendary panel when this was at first announced, and it was, like, such a letdown, because yeah. they, everyone was expecting a big announcement of, like... Uh, they saved it for last, They right? saved it for last, and everyone, I, I, like people had all these different ideas what it was going to be, and then it was just this, like, teaser that said Kong Skull Island, and you could you could feel, like, the air, like... Of confusion. Let out of the room, it was just kind of like, oh, yeah. all right. Well, and, and what, that was after they, they did, like, a little Godzilla 2 thing. Yeah. That's where they announced that they had the rights to Rodan, Mothra, and Ghidorah, right. and that was, like, the big thing. That was and the then, big thing, and I didn't, then it was, like, weird that they ended with the Skull yeah. Island thing, which kind of bizarre. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, there was speculation that they might head in a King Kong versus Godzilla direction, mm-hmm. but... At that point, uh, they were still trying to develop it with Universal, who really didn't want to develop it having anything to do with Warner Brothers, who, you know, put out Godzilla. And so, you know, and they weren't really interested in doing another King Kong movie. And so they're like, no, we're not doing this. And then Thomas Tull, being a true G, (laughs) was like, you know what? Fine. I'll just get the rights from Universal to to the character and bring it over to, to Warner Brothers and develop the MonsterVerse. And that's when it was announced that this would all culminate in Godzilla vs. Kong in 2020. And nerds everywhere celebrated. Woohoo! I guess. Well, I know, and I know Toho forever had been trying to get Kong back into into their their movies, but they could... They're cheap, you know. They didn't have the money to pay Universal, but you know, get these Hollywood guys. Not cheap, but they just they can't afford it. Well, yeah, because they're cheap. They have like no, two dollars. They're, they're, well, they're on a budget. <laughs> it's not the same as being cheap. Now, is this a rights thing where in this MonsterVerse he'll never be called King Kong? I don't think so. I think they because it's on the merchandising, like uh, the pop vinyl that's up there on my air conditioner is for Skull Island, but it says King Kong. Okay, okay, so, I just didn't know. Yeah. yeah um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's the same. Like Universal had gotten the rights in the '80s, and you know that's, and then that's when Dino De Laurentiis had to pay them to make King Kong live. So it's it's a similar similar situation. Um, uh, now, I'm sure it's much to the chagrin of of some Kong fans, but we don't need to get into that whole. Yeah, you really covered that like yeah. ad nauseum with our yeah that whole Marvel versus DC thing they got going on here. Um, but anyway, uh, I guess kind of uh, to wrap up my Brett Easton Ellis-esque lengthy intro, um, the original script written by Max Borenstein, uh, a favorite around, around here, yeah. uh, <laughs> apparently went, uh, was um, set in 1917 and was kind of like an origin story for King Kong. And, Do you know um, what the origin actually was? Like, do you know? Nah, who cares? I mean, I, just, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe the script will leak one day and we can find out. But I guess uh, the, the story was that, um, you know, when they were bringing in directors to try and get someone to make it, 
Vault? Vought? Vought? This Vought Robert The beard. Fellow. Just say the yeah. beard, <laughs> uh, he, he, he came in and said, you know, this is decent, but, you know, he said, I don't really see why this origin thing needs to exist. And they kind of said, like, well, what would you do? And, and then he was like, well, I'll get back to you. And then that's when he started thinking about Vietnam imagery of, like, napalm and choppers and kind of thinking of, like, Kong and, like, that, like, landscape. And then I guess that was kind of his pitch. And they, he didn't think they'd go for it, and they did. And then uh, I think it was Dan Gilroy who had written um, Nightcrawler. And uh, Derek Connolly, who I think was one of the writers on Jurassic World, um, they talk about a talk about a disparity in like, <laughs> right. Nightcrawler versus Jurassic yeah. World. <laughs> you, Man, see, you guys, you guys might want to default to the Dan Gilroy script. <laughs> Nightcrawler really is excellent. Yeah, nah, the late Bill Paxton, rest yeah. in peace. Um, but anyway, and then I mean that's where Skull Island came, and uh, um. The only other thing, like, in pre-production, I guess, was the casting. Was J.K. Simmons was replaced by Sam Jackson, and then... Uh, Michael Keaton Michael was replaced, Keaton by, was replaced by John C. Riley. Riley. There yeah. were scheduling issues. Um, so, I, I mean, I guess I'll just give a couple-sentence plot breakdown. At least I'll, I'll try my best. I'm not the best at this, but... Yeah, say this is spoilery. No, this is oh, the, yes. Uh, I spoilery. mean, spoilery. I'll say right now: if you if you haven't seen the movie and you don't want anything spoiled, just turn this off. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I feel like you if you're gonna listen to a podcast about a movie, you should have seen it. You know, just just watch it before you listen, because uh, we're we're gonna go all over the place. But we have uh, Monarch, which you may remember is the organization that Ken Watanabe and Sally Hawkins worked for in Godzilla 2014. This is back in the 70s, and this is uh, we have um, uh, John Goodman playing uh, Mr. Randa, who is like I guess kind of running the show there. Um, and uh, this is uh, the 70s, so this is around the time that satellite mapping. Was like a big technological thing, and they find uh, uh, some some uh, satellite mapping that reveals Skull Island, which is a little island that's never been explored. And of course, Monarch always trying to find uh, find out about these monsters. They uh, want an expedition, and that is when uh, they hire Tom Hiddleston as a tracker, Brie Larson as a photographer, um, Corey Hawkins, who played Dr. Dre in Straight Outta Compton. He is a geologist. Uh, Asian lady uh, who's like a big star in China is a biologist who doesn't really do much. And then they need a military escort. So that's when they get Samuel L. Jackson, who is a defeated and shamed uh, Vietnam War uh, colonel um, to lead his team. That includes uh, Toby Kebbell. Um, who else is in his team? Shea Wiggum. Shea Wiggum, the great Shea Wiggum. Uh, uh, Eugene Cordero, a comedian that I like. Yeah. There. Is he like the guy that's like, he's got like a Pacific Islander yeah. kind of look to mm-hmm. him? Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, Jason Mitchell, is it Jason Mitchell? Yeah, who played Easy e We have an Easy e Dr. Dre reunion. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, they go to Skull Island and that's where uh, they Im- immediately find Kong, who kills a whole bunch of them and and at that point 
Sam Jackson, you know, he's like, you know, we already lost Vietnam. I ain't losing this. So then he he's on like a mission <laughs> to kill Kong. And they run into a variety of odd creatures along the way. No dinosaurs, which I, I like. We'll get into that. But, I mean, enough enough plot for me. Um, uh, so that's Skull Island. And um, who, who wants to... Should we go with... Let's go with Trev. I'm here yeah, we'll, we'll go with we, the more... I've heard the, Trev's thoughts yet. We, we talked at, like, dinner yesterday. Yeah, we, we did. Kind of, yeah, I, I kind of didn't want to... I mean, I wanted you guys to hear my thoughts for the first time here. Yeah. But, um... So, I mean, I, I, like I said, I think the main reason I'm here is so we can record later also. But <laughs> yes. That said, I think it probably is nice to have me on here because I do, I feel like I represent more of a down-to-earth, uh, not not having my head in the kaiju clouds kind of perspective. Well, yeah, and that's... Well, I, and I think that's valid, and I think it's important because, to be fair, I get it, you know, when you're a really hardcore fan of something, you have a different take on something. And, like, for me, like, I'm a huge horror fan. And mm. when you're, like, a huge horror fan, you have this mindset of, like, what's a really good horror film? What are, like, the real, like classics and then you kind of forget that there's a lot of casual horror fans who are like well we like annabelle and we like paranormal activity <laughs> right. three and you're like oh what you know <laughs> yeah so i want to be the perspective of you guys where you might wonder like hey what does a more casual kaiju fan think of this right well so um, also i i think i guess if anyone isn't familiar with like our other show if it bleeds we can kill it like trev's a big big marvel comics guy and mm-hmm. like for me as a kid marvel comics was pretty much reserved for spider-man a little bit of x-men so, you know, I see a Captain America movie, and I'm like, yeah, that's pretty good, but then... Trev sees good, a, yeah. Yeah, then Trev sees a Captain America movie, and, you know, he, his, he's a little more elevated, Yeah, you know? Um, so, um, I mean, that's that's probably what you can expect. Yeah. So, like, I'm not going to rush out and see this movie twice in 24 hours. I'll, I'll give you the perspective of someone who saw it <laughs> once in 24 hours. Um, for, so, one thing I noticed is I think it's very funny and, and fitting that in your plot description... You didn't really even mention the the tracker and the photographer character, and I think that's because you might have already forgot they were in this movie. Because that's <laughs> and we'll we'll talk about that. I'm sure. Um, overall, what I'll say about this movie is, before these guys go absolutely gaga over it, um, it's okay. It's an it's a it's a perfectly serviceable summerish it's not i mean it's weird these are like summer movies now summer movies come out all like spring all and summer right <laughs> yeah but this is like a perfectly serviceable summer movie that i think and I, this is not i don't mean this in an insulting way but i think will be generally forgettable to all but the biggest like kaiju mm. apologists but i think kaiju fans will like will really like it and yeah. we're already seeing that and i think the rest of us will watch it and enjoy it in the moment and then after it's done i felt already felt it kind of like fading mm. from memory you know and that's not necessarily like it's, I would rather see that than like a boring film or whatever. In the moment, it's a fun film. It has fun sequences. There are definitely things I didn't like, and we'll talk about those. But there are also things I thought were done well. And I, I'd I'd just say it's a it's a good adventure movie. Yeah. That, so I'll save like more of the majority of my yeah. thoughts for like a more in depth discussion. That's, but that's t- I'm, totally I'm coming fair, in like a pretty like that's you a know, totally fair assessment. Yeah. Um. Uh, Matthew. So the first time I watched it, I have this weird thing where I have a hard time uh, seeing a movie that I, I love the character and I do love King Kong and uh, making like a proper evaluation of how I felt about it. So seeing it the second time, I loved it. And not not that it's perfect, not that it doesn't have flaws or some things I didn't like about it, but it's just a, it, it is a very fun movie and uh, I thought it does service to King Kong. I thought it, it did some things really, 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 really well. I thought there's a couple things that that 
annoyed me, but they're probably minor in the scheme of things. Um, I don't know. Like, it's it's a movie that I'll buy when it comes out. And yeah, I mean, I, don't uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm kind of I I hear the 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 criticisms of you know you have your human characters who in this movie pretty much just exist to get to one from one set piece to another, um, which is really kind of a common critique of the whole genre. Uh, it's not often, I mean, if you're not watching, like, an Ashiro Honda movie, you know, or... What's my, like, like, oh, I don't want to cut you off, but, I mean, if if we're trying to gauge where I'm coming from, it's something you and I have talked about, right, where I'm a really big character guy, Mm -hmm. and that's the thing that's always kind of kept me at, like, a a certain distance from kaiju films, is, like, I wish the the human character was stronger. And I I think part of it is, it's it's so hard when you have human characters, and then you have a threat that's so big Mm -hmm. that they can't do anything to them, you know? Um... But, uh, uh, I mean, I, I, I really had fun with it. It's, it's really what I thought it needed to be. Uh, my criticisms we'll get into later. Um, but for the people that thought, like, oh, the Godzilla 2014 didn't have enough monster stuff, I, I think that Legendary really took that to heart, for better or worse. Um, uh, and uh, I, I, I think it really kind of delivers on what... I think people want out of a movie like this. Um, some things could have been handled better, which we'll talk about later. But um, but yeah, I mean that's my general take on it. Um, so I guess I guess we'll just kind of go and t- down the line and talk about like different aspects of the movie. Uh, it's funny like to hear you say because like I, maybe this is a good place to start, right? I think it is because we can talk about the very beginning of the film. When you say they took this criticism of 2014 to heart for better or for worse, man, ain't that the truth, right? Because <laughs> yeah. it's like you see the pluses and minuses of that. And I want to ask you guys, in, in, in that regard, this is a movie that's full of, like, giant monsters. What did you guys think of, like, showing us Kong, like, in the first, like, 30 well, seconds well, okay. of the movie? Well, okay, I'm glad you asked that. And, and this, I guess this is kind of also going to lead into us flush. You know, like, I, I, I want to go out on, like, a high note with, like, what we liked. So I guess mm-hmm. this is a good way, at least to flush out the negatives, at least for me, and kind of get what your guys' perspective of it was. I thought that was a mistake. Yeah. Um, it's weird, too, right? Because I was thinking about that, actually, when I was driving over here. I was like, what am I going to say in the podcast? And I was thinking about the, my, my one of my complaints being that, oh, they show them so quickly, and like they don't build them up that much. And I'm thinking, God, isn't that weird that like we, we look at that as like a negative, considering we know Kong's going to be in the movie. <laughs> We've already seen it in the trailers, right? Yeah. But for some reason, when you sit down and watch the movie, you still want it to be kind of traditional in the sense of like yeah, unveiling want... the thing because yeah, there yeah. is a story structure that works that way, right? Yeah. Um, I feel like they really blew their wad really early in this. I think, I don't know, maybe because the beginning has the young John C. Riley character and a Japanese soldier. And I think maybe if they just ended with the hand coming up mm-hmm. or something like that, um, I'll say I, I understand... And Trev, I mean, this is something that, especially, I think you have been very critical of the the 2014 Godzilla uh, for being too slow and yeah. and maybe not enough monster stuff. But the one thing that I thought that movie did extremely well was building up mm-hmm. the monsters and treating them more as like these majestic creatures. Um. And and there like there's and and so there was a, a tension to it like there, like I think about that Hawaii scene and you know Trev I know you're not the biggest fan of the movie but at least in my opinion that Hawaii scene is like 
No, yeah. That's like a class there of like... There are things that movie does right. The, yeah, the that, build that's like a class of, of like building tension and revealing your monster. Well, and they had a moment in this movie that it's like they... they we see Kong so many times before what I think should have been the first full shot of him and it's that you it's in the it's in the trailer the the image of him against the sunset or the sun mm-hmm. with the helicopters when you see him like standing full like for the first yeah. time that should have been our first like real look at him yeah, like, everything but, up to that should have been like like you said seeing the hand swat a helicopter down and then i wish we didn't see him in yeah. full until that because it's so majestic yeah looking, because you know? the way the way the scene unfolds is the helicopters are flying and you just see a tree smash into one mm-hmm. then the music stops and it's like okay, that's cool, but then yeah, they just, then they show, just show him, show yeah. him yeah. like in the middle with all the the choppers yeah, swarming that him. Was, that was definitely. And then like he knocks a couple more down, and then they go to that shot of him, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the silhouette of standing him. Yeah. up, which is like such a gorgeous shot. It's like you do, it's like hand swatting chopper, and then then go to that, and then go to the full body Kong, yeah. and like that that was I think that's my biggest problem with it actually is that. I just didn't feel the monster. I feel like Godzilla 2014 was more had more reverence for the monsters, whereas this was like, oh, you didn't don't think we showed enough last time here. Yeah, it's like smash it in your face. It's like yeah, when it's Super- kind of they're like, well, we're never gonna let anyone be bored in this movie. <laughs> yeah, like we're you know. it's like it's like when uh, Superman Returns come out came out and they're like, oh, you guys want Superman to fight. Huh? Here's the longest, most <laughs> drawn out fight in the world where they destroy the whole city. Um, you mean Man of Steel? Oh yeah, yeah. Then when Man of Steel came out, yeah, they they went overboard a little overboard. Uh, and I mean, it's it, it, it's nice to know that they're listening to criticisms, but it's like let's tone it back a little bit. I and then um, when we were coming out of the movie, Matt and I were talking about how the middle part feels kind of long and sluggish. I, and and I think it's because they front loaded it with all that action. Well, it's that, and then I mean, and again, this is going to sound more harsh than it probably is, but. The movie doesn't have that much of a plot, right? I think we'd agree. Yeah. It's, it's just a getting. You have to. They have the human characters have to get from one part of the island to another within a certain amount of time, and that's it. And then Kong is kind of like floating in and out of that as a protector of this island. And when you don't have a strong plot, a middle section can start to be sluggish if we're just watching characters kind of on a trek, yeah. you know. But it's like the beginning. Once they get to the island, immediately when they get there, you get mm-hmm. Kong versus the choppers. Then from there, you go right into the giant spider. And then you go into the water buffalo, which is like, it's more of a calm moment, but it's still like a, ooh, look, a monster part. And then you go into all the exposition and stuff. Yeah, the and it's, scene. Yeah, and then the octopus scene, yeah. that's all in the front part mm-hmm. of the movie. The octopus fight, all that stuff. And then and then it's like, if you could have peppered those in throughout that middle act a little more, yeah. it would it would feel more consistently paced. It's in... Um, that's really my like yeah. Are the characters the best? No, <laughs> you know. But I mean, that's I that's care kind about of the characters though. Yeah, they, uh, some they, of them. That so, some of them are there for to be cannon fodder. Oh yeah. But like, I like Samuel L. Jackson. I like John C. Riley. I didn't want anything bad to happen to Hiddleston or Brie Larson. Like, right. Okay. She's she's basically there to look pretty and to interact with Kong a tiny bit. That, so okay, if I, mean, I can was, just share my main criticism of the film right now, it's that. I think you're right. and I this is like a push and pull, right? Because you go into some of these sometimes you go into these thinking, man, there's probably not gonna be like any interesting human characters. Right. And obviously you want them all to be interesting. And I'll and I'll give it to the way that I'll say, like, you know what? Like John C. Riley, who I didn't think I would like in the movie, he ends up like everyone's saying, he's the best character. He's like he's a great performance, he's fun. He has an you actually arc. you feel for him. Yeah. Um man, I was, I've seen a couple of reviews that really made me mad because they're like 
oh, surprisingly comedic actor John C. Riley pulls off this motion rocket suit. You guys remember he was like a dramatic actor first, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, like, yeah, he's great. And then Samuel Jackson, he might be like sleepwalking through it, but that's because he does he can like he's that's like I, I'm, when i say so all i mean is he's doing the same performance he always gives but we all like that performance yeah, yeah yeah and so he's fun in this again goodman has some great moments goodman does but i think the movie does a real disservice to tom hiddleston and brie larson and i think it's a real shame because i think the movie wants us to look at them as like the two main characters in a way and they're like meaningless yeah like, I, they're I, just, they're, and they neither of them are given anything interesting to do i think brie larson has like five lines in the film maybe <laughs> she's there to smile, she's there to smile and it, like look yeah. at things and like it's and i guarantee you if this was what this film was made before she won the oscar she mm-hmm. was filming this while they made the oscar if they had if if this was coming after the oscar they would have pushed her oh like, they would have like retooled that character well, compare big time. like mystique and like x-men first class mm-hmm. to days of future past <laughs> well, and i know they they had a i know she talked about a lot and there was a lot of talk about oh she's not the typical kong you know girl and someone's like well yeah but that kind of did her a disservice because she's like nothing really she mm-hmm. doesn't like i would have liked to see more well, i mean she does have, she does kill one of the monsters yeah like she's not defenseless that's one of one of the atypical yeah she's not dwan well no, thank, <laughs> thank god but yeah <laughs> And then, like, Hiddleston, I mean, he's, like, the cool, badass guy, but there's just nothing to him again. So, like, at the end when they're like, we're going to go save Kong, I was like, all right, why? Like, I didn't feel like I knew knew those characters enough for that to be, like, a big moment. Well, they, you know? they had that moment where, you know, she's... The weird thing was, she's supposed to have this emotional connection to Kong. You see her crying on screen, mm-hmm. and you have no idea why she's doing it. Yeah. She touches him, and she's all like... Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't know if they were trying to, like, be like, oh, I understand this creature, or, like, oh, she's just, like wowed that he's like this. yeah and like they all they all of a sudden have a change of heart towards kong They're like we're going to go rescue him now instead of trying to get off the island yeah and then i'm going to like the my other thing and this is where i think this one i think you guys will probably disagree with me a bit i think the other thing that gets in my way with that emotional connection is i personally found this to be kind of a boring version of kong i didn't find him to have much personality and i was actually thinking about like i probably like this movie more than the peter jackson kong because this one's not five hours long <laughs> but um i think the the kong in the peter jackson film has way more personality than this kong does i i think at the moment when like naomi watts is like she is juggling and he keeps and he like he keeps knocking her down and laughing and i'm like there's nothing like that in this one like i see where i see what you mean in my memory all i can remember is the brief moment where they show him kind of looking up at the stars and looking lonely but everything else i feel like there's not much personality there i see what you mean but i don't know if i agree with your phrasing i think he has the personality of king kong but i think that the jackson movie maybe even the 33 movie he has more calm moments Mm -hmm. whereas aside from that scene that you talked about where he's just kind of like sitting and looking at the stars and stuff he's always fighting something yeah i guess that's what i mean it's like if you don't give him a lot of interactions with characters who aren't trying to kill him right like the kong personality usually comes out yeah. Through his interactions with that typical female character. Right? Like, cause, and since here, there's not much of yeah, that. Yeah, you, you have those moments, but they're, like, fleeting. Like, um, there's one that is a total, like, 33 Kong, Willis O'Brien moment where he's fighting the choppers and he gets cut by the blades and, like, he, like, touches his arm and, like, looks at it. Like, um, then there's, like, the part where he's drinking the water before the he fights the octopus. And then, yeah, the, the part we talked about where he's, like, looking at, into the sky. Um, but, uh, yeah, other than that, he doesn't have a whole lot of moments to himself or one-on-one moments with anyone else he's just constantly fighting um which again i think we, we're seeing another kind of knee-jerk reaction mm-hmm. from the studio to to the criticisms of godzilla 2014 um 
so uh i mean and i mean my big criticism is just kind of i feel like there's a little bit of a lack of majesty to to the monsters because it doesn't like give you any tension or build up yours is you know we talked about that um like matt do you have anything specific that sticks out to you that we didn't mention is something that sort of have, took away from I, the I sort of have some like annoyances uh I hated the fact that like every five seconds a new song would come on. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> it was like Suicide Squad, right? That's what it reminded yeah, we, me of. Like, I, I, it, first of all, like where's where did the score go? Like, I don't I don't mind that they played music, but it was like every five seconds I heard a well, new seventy song. Well, they were doing thing that drove me that drives me crazy, where it's like they really wanted you to know that they know that those songs exist in the seventies. Yeah. Right? Like, hey, we know seventies songs. Yeah. Here's all the hits, you know, and like okay. we need, we need more Bad Moon Rising in this movie. Yeah. I just there's that, a couple sequences that I liked the the song and the images together, but they don't need what like ten songs. It, it like felt um, a little bit. I much. liked uh, I liked Paranoid being played over the 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 drop sequence or whatever. And yeah. I liked uh, the little montage on the boat that had uh, the stooges. But yeah, I feel like a lot of those are just kind of there to be like, Hey, it's the seventies, yeah. you know? Um, the score was kind of weak. Like, the score. I, I didn't like the score. I don't remember the score. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's, sign, there's, yeah. there's not, there's I, the, I actually, the, the beginning of the movie opens up with what I thought was a really cool theme. And then they kind of forget about it. Like, I don't remember hearing it much. after Yeah. That. I, I mean, I know a lot of, I know people are mixed on the Godzilla 2014 score, but at least that had a theme for Godzilla that repeats throughout the course of the movie and like kind of does get stuck in your head when you watch it. This didn't really have that. This is kind of the scoring that we, we kind of always talk about that we don't like where it's just like, Hey, some, here's a scene, right? Music. To okay, they're running, so write something that's fast paced. Like it's not something that sticks with you, and and that's kind of unfortunate because this is really the first uh, Kong movie that I can think of that doesn't have a specific memorable, like hummable theme for King Kong. Um, I, well, I guess King Kong lives, but I feel like I just forget that movie even exists. Um, so I yeah, I guess that would be my second biggest. My first is just the lack of tension behind the monsters. My second is I, I'm not a fan of the score. And kaiju movies have like such a great history of good scores. And yeah, that's a bummer to me. And it, uh, it's Henry bummer. Jackman. I I know the name, and I'm not getting it mixed up with Hugh Jackman, <laughs> but I don't know what else he's done. Is he the guy that did the Passion of the Christ score? It's possible. Matt, I'm, get I'm, on that. Because if he did, that's a really great score, but I could be wrong about that. And if um, I'm wrong, I ask you guys to cut that out so I don't look like a fool. <laughs> no, uh, okay, we got Monsters vs. Alien, Kick-Ass, you know. X-Men oh, first X-Men class. First Class. Okay, that was That's a really a good, good score. score. Yeah. Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer. Was that a good score, Trev? Yeah. You're the I, only I one love that movie, by the way. Oh, really? Oh, man. Dude, I love that movie. Oh, Winter gonna... Soldier? Winter, Winter Soldier is great. What? Kingsman? Kingsman? What did they do to this guy? Uh, Civil War? Civil War, Jack Reacher. He's doing, He's doing new... Kingsman 2. Yeah, he did the um, Big Hero 6. What happened? What's going on with this guy? All right. Well, so he was just—he was <laughs> asleep at the wheel on this. One. Well, I, I, like I said, I think it goes back to the to uh, him having to deal with you know twenty five songs being interjected every. <laughs> into yeah, his, that too. I wonder. I wonder if uh, I don't know. I'm sure someone in who's like one of the kaiju music nerds will get the score and like tell us if there's anything great that's missing. But which would be unfortunate because there's 
There are too many songs. I'm sorry, song. The Passion of the Christ score is by John Debney. I don't know why I thought it might have been this guy. Sorry, <laughs> I apologize to um, all the uh, Passion of the Christ fans. But uh, of the movies we just went through, most of those have really good scores. Yeah. So that, that's surprising. Well, um, I'm sure because you, you think about the first class score, which has a really like funky... I can think like, of it right now. Like a funky 60s vibe to it. I'm surprised he, they didn't... This could have had a cool funky 70s vibe to it, mm-hmm. and they didn't even like attempt that. And right. also, I think of like the Magneto theme, mm-hmm. which I, I is literally like playing in my head yeah. right now. And it's very, it could work in a kai. That theme could work in a kaiju movie. Um, okay, so uh, give more annoyances matter. Was that kind of? You guys covered the other ones. Yeah, yeah. I know yeah. he didn't like. There's only like a couple, but he didn't like the slow motion shots. Well, you know, the second time watching, they weren't as bad. There, there was. The scene with like uh, Hiddleston running through the, the smoke with the sword. Well, that, that ties into a very. I, I told you coming out of the movie yesterday that I had a very specific question I wanted to ask you. Bert. Oh yeah, yeah. And like, is this a good time to do it? <laughs> yeah, go for it. All right. Is, is it? Is it? If it's especially if it's relating to a grievance, since we're trying to get that out of the way. So I don't know can... if it's related to a grievance to me. I want to ask you why it's not a grievance for you okay. because uh, on a recent episode of our other podcast, if it bleeds, we can kill it. Yes. We reviewed all six Resident Evil movies. Which I'm a fan of. Yes, and you my, my brain had yes. had melted. And I and, and to be clear, I'm a fan of them. I understand they're cheesy, and that's why I enjoy them. But then you got into this discussion about what you didn't like about them, and you said this one thing in particular you didn't like about them, and you said, "Well, this actually applies to a lot of action movies," and this is why I don't like action. So I want to put you on the spot now, saying, "Can you admit a I'll part do my of yourself best that where you have blinders on for kaiju films, right?" Because you said. Oh, I don't like how Paul W. S. Anderson has all these moments where, like, goes into slow mo, and he's like, and I know he's like, like, oh, isn't this badass? Doesn't this look cool? And that's what these kaiju films are. Especially now, we're getting into a realm where they're like heavily CGI. You can't tell me that like the fight scenes in like Pacific Rim and in this aren't full of moments like that, where it's like, dude, look how cool well, this is. Well, how many times have I heard you talk about the moment in Godzilla fourteen where he blasts like? his beam down the uh, Mudo's throat, and you're like, dude, that's so awesome. Same shit we're getting in this. And like like Matt just said, that moment where he runs, where he puts the gas mask on, he's got the sword. Like, those kind of moments. And you don't mind them in kaiju films, but then you think they're like obnoxious in all other kinds of action films. Right? I thought it was obnoxious in this. This is correct. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> is that yeah. all, all yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean well, yeah. well I, I think the, the the part of it that bothered me in Resident Evil I think was just how I don't want to use the word silly because I don't want to sound like that guy I mean I know they're silly movies but I, I felt like they were so like they, they were a little too over the top in the way like but you see, have a guy throwing his sunglasses in yeah, slow but see, motion I have a different have, take on this in, like, in that so for me I like them more in a movie like Resident Evil because as silly as something is, there's usually still like a person doing it. There's a level of practicality to it. Now, it might be a, a stunt double or whatever, but you know that they still like put work into that and there was like a rig to pull the person up. They did wire work. Those kind of moments for me aren't working in these modern kaiju films. And, I, I, and this is why I'm kind of checked out on CGI kaiju movies because these fights that are, be, that are supposed to be so badass... I know that's just some dude at a They're computer not, no, typing in yeah. like a keystroke combination that makes these two totally simulated characters do this. And I'm like, there's nothing cool about well, that. Well, does it help that it's motion capture? I mean, not really. I don't <laughs> okay. know. I, I mean, well, I mean, Finn Godzilla's motion capture and he just like had to stand there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, that's fair. And I mean, I think that's something that, uh, Especially like older guys. I don't feel very excited uh, about watching CGI monsters. Yeah, though. yeah. And I mean, that's that's. I mean, obviously, I'd always prefer to watch practical. But mm-hmm. 
I mean, just as fans of these characters and stuff, you know, I don't want to discount it based on the method, you know. I mean, would I prefer stop motion or a guy in a suit? Obviously, sure. Um, but, you know, I don't like to discard all the hard work that goes into CGI all the time. But, I mean, I, I totally see that because that's also how a lot of, like, the older guys, you know, in the fandom kind of feels like, you know, especially you look at some of these things and, like, the... Like, King Kong is what made stop motion and you know the Godzilla movies like perfected the man in the miniatures and mm. now to kind of see it but it's also you know you know that's also the only way they're gonna well it's like to me when you remove like the man in suit element you the I, I can only get excitement from the scenes where like a human is in peril like I don't care watching a CGI Kong fight a CGI octopus mm-hmm. but when like the skull crawlers are like chasing the humans through the bone field I can get into that yeah because I'm now seeing like human characters interact with it but when it's like men in suit, then I can be in it everything. I don't need the human characters yeah. then, because then I'm like watching like what feels like a real practical fight. I don't mm-hmm. know if that makes sense, but it does. Yeah. It does. I mean, and that's just it's a preference. You yeah. Know? Um. Uh. But uh. But yeah, I, I mean, I think I don't know. It's it's kind of like going back to the over the top action sequences. Like I feel like uh, like monsters and superheroes are kind of like where it's like okay, you're allowed to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. Um, uh, Matt, anything else you want to bitch about? (laughs) (laughs) No, man, we we, we covered it. I think we're ready for the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, okay, talking the positives. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll say, like, I'm just, those, like, couple big things aside, I really do have fun with this movie. It's the most enjoyable, uh, like, theater experience i've had all year next to maybe only logan uh but i mean this year has been great i mean there's been so many great movies this year i think that's the thing too is like I'm, i know we're in the positive section but i said this to matt after we watched it i said like man it's like one thing that's like almost too bad for skull island and from my perspective is that it's coming out right like at the same year where we've already had logan get out john wick, john wick 2. 2 lego batman split was great it's like this is all this is shaping up to be a great year and I think like Skull Island in 2016 would have been a much bigger deal because yeah. it was so bad for blockbusters. Yeah, this year it has a lot of great stuff to live up to, yeah. and there's already and there's, and there's so, already. I mean, there's, there's more, more coming. coming yeah. yeah, I mean, um, but I mean, like if this is the worst they can give us. Oh yeah, you know? like God, if this is the worst blockbuster, thank God, you know. Um, uh, I want to talk about the movie's namesake, Skull Island. Um, Trev, you've kind of. Well, I, I think 33 is the only one that you Skull Island, quote unquote, movie watched recently. But it, at least for me, I thought that it was a good idea to get away from the dinosaurs and come up with their own creatures. Because, uh, I mean, uh, the director said, you know, that was just done to death in the Peter Jackson movie. And then he's like, you know, then we just had Jurassic World. and then Yeah, we- I don't think you can do a dinosaur Skull Island at a time when the Jurassic series is going again. Yeah. Like- Plus, who wants to see giant T-Rex when he's going to fight Godzilla next? Yeah, yeah, and it, it just feels like, you know, it's been done to death. And I, I know there's been some purists that are like, well, it's not Skull Island without dinosaurs. But I feel like it still felt like Skull Island. It, but it's 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 different, but it still feels like Skull Island. Um, so uh, uh, I, we'll get back to the creatures. I do want to say this, and I don't know if either of you noticed, but another thing I liked about this is I thought they did a very good job of I, 
I don't want to I don't want to use the word racist. I'll say one of the more uncomfortable elements of the Kong mythos has probably always been the Islanders. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that this movie, and I don't mean I'm not using this term in a negative way. Uh, I think a more um, PC times, uh, I think making the natives these peaceful, like they, they pretty much noble. Them, yeah, yeah, they're noble. They're, it's almost like a utopia. There's no mm-hmm. real violence. I thought that that was a really that was probably the most surprisingly cool yeah, thing. Yeah, I wish there, I really wish there'd been like one sequence that kind of showed them interact with Kong. I think I, yeah. I feel like that's missing. Yeah, a little. I bit. can agree with that. Yeah, to see like the actual relationship yeah. between the two. And and we kind of get that in exposition when when yeah. John C. Riley is he's showing them the cave paintings and he he he's saying like they like each other. Yeah, it would have been nice if there had been like one moment where it seemed like the skull crawlers were like maybe going to get some of the villagers and you see Kong like actually kind of yeah. concerned, you know, like that yeah. would have been a nice character. And I just, but. I thought, I think of everything in this take of it, I thought that was like a really smart way to do yeah, it. I thought the moment where like John C. Riley says goodbye to them, I thought it was like one of the better moments in the mm-hmm. film. There's like an actual level of like yeah. emotion there where you're like, oh, these people have taken care of him and yeah. you know, and yeah. Yeah, and and, um, and how quickly they accept the the new characters, or how quickly they allow yeah, Hiddleston and Brie Larson to come in, and, and actually, I really like the moment too, where she's taking pictures with them. Yeah, they're pacifists, mm-hmm. you know, which is such a like subversion of the trope that we've seen ever since. Savages. Like, yeah, they're, <laughs> yeah, where they're just these savages, like the Peter Jackson version. They're like impaling people yeah. and. I mean, it's interesting. I think that we'll never get like a a, a, a version of like the sacrifice scene in this version yeah. of Kong. Right? Yeah. Or if we do, it only it would only be because. Maybe you could tell a story where like a bad element has taken over the community, yeah. right? And like, and like, like they, perverted they, the what Kong means, yeah. you know? Or like, um, and like they, they they build the wall. The wall in this one isn't to keep out Kong; it's to keep out the the skull crawlers. Mm-hmm. And like, that's such a that was I don't know. I I just thought that was unexpected, and I thought it was a cool kind of way to turn what we know about the myth upside down. Um. Uh. So. I guess creatures. What do you guys? What do you guys think of the creatures? I love them. Water buffalo is awesome. What was your favorite besides Kong? I guess Trev. What was your favorite? If you had to pick like a favorite other creature, what, I actually, what would you I think? actually ended up pleasantly surprised by the skull crawlers. I remember after the trailer yeah. came out, you said you weren't too into. Yeah, them, I didn't but... think they ever looked like. In the trailers, you get those like, little brief moments, and I guess I'll be honest. Like I don't analyze the trailers to death like you guys might, you know. But I don't. <laughs> I, I had never really picked up on the fact, like in the trailers and the cl- quick glimpses I got. I never really noticed that they just had two front yeah. arms and then like the tail, like a yeah. snake's tail, which was uh, inspired by. You just watched it, so you might remember. Do you remember in the original movie where like there's a big lizard that's coming up and uh, like. Yeah. It only has two arms. And yeah. He said he kind of took that, and then he took, like, uh, inspiration from, like, um, I think he said, like, the host, which I'm assuming is, like, when it's throwing up all the bones. Mm-hmm. And um, No Face from uh, Princess Monogoke. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I see kinda, that, like, the... the yeah, yeah, and he kind of, yeah. like, threw them together. Yeah, um, no, I thought they were cool, especially the big one. The, the, like, the big the, one was the, awesome. The big one is great. Is a great, like, final boss. You yeah. know, like, it had... Like it had uh, it felt in- intimidating and imposing, so I like the skull crawlers. Yeah. Um, my, I think my favorite was the spider, because I, I just—it's not like a kumonga or just like, like you know, you look at like tarantula or Earth versus a spider. It was a giant daddy long legs, which is like, you know, it, it kind of like blends in with like those huge bamboo shoots, and I, I just thought that was like. If that moment hadn't been ruined in the trailer, that w- I would have like, been, yeah, I would have thought it was nice. like so. I mean, it is clever, 
then like it, it straight up Trevor will get this reference, you probably won't, but it's straight it pretty much like cannibal holocausts a guy through the mouth mm-hmm. <laughs> which uh was like, Whoa, did they just do that? Yeah. Like um That was a great scene too. I know what you're talking about. And then I liked how they're like, take out the legs and they they have to chop it down at the legs. Um and uh yeah, I, that that was probably my favorite like creature because I really liked that they made use of the atmosphere to like let it blend in. Um I thought it was just a thoughtful sequence. And I well what I, I do like the water buffalo, but you you've said that a few times. You keep going back to this damn water buffalo. <laughs> what, what what was your I just was, thought it was like peaceful, man. I yeah. just, it was just like a nice like they they have that in the, in the beginning of the movie that you have when they're dropping the the, the charges or whatever. They start like blowing up all the animals. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like nice to see a peaceful Peaceful animals go island. Yeah, before... So peaceful, even Kong helps one out. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like the Triceratops in Jurassic Park. You, like, feel... that You see this thing that's, like, not, like, gonna kill you. By the way, <laughs> in that scene where Kong helps it out, did Brie Larson really think she was gonna move that helicopter by herself? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, Kong's like, what the hell are you doing, lady? <laughs> I got my, my, my favorite still was the skull, crawl, uh, skull crawler, but the, uh, I, I still... The uh, water buffalo is freaking awesome. Now, uh, there's a nice nod for uh, Toho kaiju fans in that we get a rematch of sorts with Kong and a giant octopus, um, which, I mean, any movie where a giant octopus is fighting a, a bigger monster, it's never like a worthy <laughs> fight, but um, any thoughts on that particular uh, sequence? It, it was okay. Like, it was, it was a nice, like, throw-in. It was... It was more funny to see Kong eat it than anything else, I think. <laughs> which he said was a very intentional nod to Old Boy, which you probably haven't seen. I, I haven't seen that, but it's on my list. Yeah. Believe this guy? I know. No, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, There's well, also a nice nod to Jurassic Park fans from Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Hold well, on to your butt. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was great. I liked that. I liked it too. too. Yeah. It wasn't. I mean, it's it's, it's very the, it's the right kind of like nod, right? It's yeah. like subtle enough. It's that, very like, wink, yeah. wink, nudge, nudge, yeah. but only if you've seen Jurassic right. Park. Yeah, which, which I would mean, imagine like almost everybody in there in our age group probably has. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, with the octopus, uh, I I I was like looking at an interview with with the director, and he said uh, his whole pur- purpose of that scene was to just kind of like he called it a Planet Earth moment, is in like the the show Planet Earth, yeah. just kind of showing like. What does Kong have to do to eat every day? You know, mm-hmm. and you know they see him. He's got to fight a giant water. octopus every day. That's that's gotta suck. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what it's like in the wild, well, man. He should want to get out of there. He should be like, "Can you guys cake take me to New York?" <laughs> you guys got like sushi restaurants there, right? I can just like. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, uh, look at like lions got to hunt down zebras every day, man. Since we're talking about the creatures, I do want to go back to Kong for a second because Trev talked about how. Kind of Kong wasn't as like you saw. I think you said expressive, but maybe that's the wrong word. But yeah, it just felt like less personality to me. Like I, I thought he had a ton of personality in this, um, but I, I kind of got what you're saying with maybe like the less interaction with the with the female. But mm-hmm. for me, I thought he had tons of personality. Like that's actually what I liked about the movie most. I think he did. I mean, it's most. But I think Trev's thing is it's going to sound silly because we're talking about a giant gorilla. But I think like. Char- what Trev would call like character moments, like yeah. you well, understand. We're talking about kind of two. Separate yeah, yeah. Things, yeah. Like but... the scene that he talked about, where he's like knocking Anne down in the Peter Jackson version. Yeah. Like you, you get a little bit of like 
going to sound stupid, but who King Kong is? You know, whereas this like, it's that, and then it's also the thing of like. So we yesterday when we, we wow, spoiler, not spoiler, that's the wrong word. But before we went saw us, you guys showed me King Kong Escapes for the first time, which is which, the, by only the, way, movie, the only Kong, Kong movie Trev hadn't, hadn't seen. seen. And I and and I always said I was always like, oh, the really the only really good King Kong movie is the first one. Uh, I loved Escapes; it was fun. It was super fun. Um, and I like King Kong versus Godzilla, obviously, but this Escapes was much better in my opinion. Um, but like we, when we were watching that, we were talking about. I was like, "Well, what is like what makes a King Kong film, right? Because unlike Godzilla, the majority of Kong films all have the same basic idea. It's about taking mm-hmm. Kong somewhere he shouldn't be, and like having to deal with that. And that's what you know drives to me like the idea of Kong is he's, he's always this ape that's like suddenly put in an environment that he doesn't belong in, and how we seem to react to that. This is a whole movie where he's like in his environment, and he never has to like." There's never that emotional response of watching him be like, oh, I'm not supposed to be here and having the tragic kind of side to it. He's like just the man in this movie. And so to me, like, and I, and that's the point of the movie, right? But mm. I, to me, that makes him somewhat less interesting, right? I, I, I like the feeling for Kong because he's getting put through something he shouldn't. And here it's just like he's just kind of doing his job, you know? He's well, like, uh, would you say Escapes went to that territory at all? Well, no, but Escapes is just like, Escapes is, I like Escapes it's in a common way. way. It's a it's a goofy, yeah, like, it's, yeah. It's, just, it, it, it's a goofy kid. It's story. pretty much literally a Saturday morning yeah. cartoon. I like that because he's fighting a robot. <laughs> you know, that's, not, that's a different kind of like, you know. Um, I see what you mean, but I think I'm going to kind of respectfully disagree in that. I think that one of the things the movie did do was, was kind of show, like, that we don't belong there. And we're, like, lighting him on fire and, you know, we see him, like, pass out from being burnt with napalm. And so I, I think that I, I, I think that he it's, it's not quite as much of he's not quite as much of a victim as he is in, in New York. But I, I do think that they still had scenes that really kind of did show him as a victim. Mm-hmm. But it, you, it's not as overt as what we're used to. What did you like when he got, like, chained up somehow? I, I like that scene. <laughs> I don't quite understand how it worked. Because the skull crawler just kind of like throws him into, into, into like, a, like a, bo- a boat, and he's just like under chains, and he's like stuck. That was Shin Godzilla physics. <laughs> yeah, and those are like some big ass chains too. If you think about how big he is. Yeah, he had like chains around his neck and yeah. wrists and forearms and stuff. Um, and uh, but yeah, the going back to the creatures, I I, I think they were all handled really well. Uh, I do have a complaint. Um, John, there's a scene. Where they're like, what's that sound? John C. Riley's like, oh my they're giant ants. That's, that's somebody says. And then we don't get no giant ants. Where are the giant ants? You if, need, if you're gonna I, cut out, hold on. If you're gonna cut out the giant ants, cut out that whole part where he's like, hey, there's giant. Where are ants. No, first, first there are giant ants. I've never seen any trailers. Now I'm gonna now I'm gonna respectfully disagree <laughs> with you because I think they I think they did exactly the right thing. Is that's a really funny line. That's a funny moment where he says, like, oh, you think it's something. Sounds like, like, they sound like birds. Sound like birds, but it's actually giant. And a that's giant fucking, ant. fucking ants. That's yeah. when he drops the F bomb. That's a really funny line. And I think the joke works better not ever seeing them. I think the joke is just about him warning them about this thing and them, like, now having this idea in their head and being freaked out about it. So I think you're wrong. I think they totally played that right. Okay. All were right. They, were they ever in the trailers? No. I thought they Bird were. Bird was, like, but, convinced they're in the trailers. But I guess my memory. Yeah. Just tricked me. I just wanted those giant ants, man. Hey, I like them, okay? Them's a great no, movie. them's a great movie, but that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> they should have used the sound effect from them. Is that, like that's it. a movie that's worn by Warner Brothers. Then they tie them into the monster nah, bird. Just, just yeah. stop. Just stop. 
right. <laughs> um, the fight scenes were awesome. Uh, Trev, one you didn't like. I liked this giant stick bug. I, I didn't stick really. up for the giant stick bug. I thought that was a cool scene. So my dying why, why are you day. so heartless, Trev? He hates, he, hates, he, hates, he hates stick sand what bugs. Did the, what did the stick sand bug do to you? It didn't do anything to me, but it, it, does lead, it does lead into the most emotionally manipulative moment of the movie. Like, this is a movie that, like, again, not, like um, this could be looked at as like a minor criticism because it's just something blockbusters tend to do. But it is a very, like, emotionally manipulative film in that they kill, like, that character who the whole film is, like, writing letters to his son. Oh, and, like, oh, that's, like, oh, that's oh. so that's so old school, like, um, audience <laughs> audi- emotion manipulation because it doesn't really matter. The second he was writing a letter oh, to that knew. kid, I was like, he's done. Yeah, and it's, like, and, and then the <laughs> fact that they, and then they, they find the letter then, like, and it's hung there, like, and they keep saying the Dear Billy thing. It's like, you, you like, come on, guys. And you didn't need to do that, right? Like... You didn't need to tell us he had a son to, like, make his death later motivate the other soldiers. He's one of their friends. They would have, like, gone for revenge anyways. But by telling us he had a son, that's just to make us feel, like, super shitty about yeah. him dying. I um, knew it, dude. Yeah. I knew it. The second that started, I he was like, oh, get, like he, And he gets done. taken out, like, pretty easily and, yeah. like, early on, too. And it's, like, one of the few off-screen mm-hmm. deaths, which, I, I mean, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Um, so, I, I guess the next big thing I want to talk about... And I mean, well, I don't, are you sure? Are we still talking about more positives? Or I mean, we're kind of going back and forth. We gotta forth. talk about I, the fights, man. All, well, dude, we gotta save that for last. All right. But uh, I guess it, it's been kind of give and take. But I think all our major grievances are out of the way, mm-hmm. so we've kind of cleared that out of the room. Um, but something that I don't want to get into, like I I posted earlier this opinion piece where this guy was, I, I liked kind of where he was going, but I you know I admit that he was definitely digging. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to get into like theories about why and what anything meant, because I think at the end of the day, it is a pot, just a, it's a popcorn movie. It's not a message movie, but, um, and, and Trev, I know you had some questions in about this last night that I, I kind of like read up a little bit because I, I really wanted to go into this completely cold. So I didn't do my nerdy thing where I was like, well, this is why this is like this, you know, until after I saw it, but Vietnam setting. How do we like it? Any particular thoughts on it? Um, it I mean, if it wasn't Vietnam, I wouldn't have had to hear those songs. <laughs> <laughs> if it, yeah, but it could have been like the '90s. You would have heard like Maggie yeah. songs. I, I, I mean, my thing is, I personally felt like the Vietnam setting didn't add much to it. I mean, mm-hmm. I get the setting, and I, you know, the characters are all obviously informed by Vietnam. But I think you could have easily, I think you could have just as easily had it take place now. Like you could tell the same story take place now. And have the soldiers be um, veterans of the like the Afghan War, or something, and have John C. Riley's character be either a Vietnam mm-hmm. vet or you know some other you know some other conflict. Around I mean, I guess time. I guess what you're trying to say is the tropes used in the movie are kind of timeless. Yeah, so it, doesn't... it didn't need to be Vietnam, other than the fact that I think they had because you know the original script you said was in 1917. I think because of what they wrote themselves into with Godzilla and this being part of that universe, they had to set this before 2014, obviously, mm-hmm. because you can't have uh, characters who know about Godzilla. So that's why we have to have it in a... Well, I guess Monarch kind of always knew. Yeah, but no one else does, and Godzilla obviously appeared already. Right. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, I guess... Because, I mean, I I think the knee-jerk reaction, and I think that's kind of the assumption that that writer who wrote that piece that I I sent you was, there must be some kind of deeper allegory to... Well, so everyone thinks whenever they're like... Because, let's face it, the vast majority of Vietnam films are anti-war films, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's the war that... That's the first time America was faced with the idea of that, like, 
oh yeah, we can get into war for like completely stupid reasons and then come out of it having gained nothing. Yeah. You know? And so almost every Vietnam movie is in the, is an anti-war film. But I think this is where I push back about that. I, I do think people look at Skull Island and especially people who, man, there's definitely, you guys know it. There's a subsect of fans who like don't want to just, especially older fans, they don't want to just be like, I, I like a giant monster movie and they should just embrace it, but they need it to be something more. And so they want to say, like, well, it's in Vietnam. It must be this like yeah. really deep anti-war film, but I don't think it is. I don't, I don't, if it, and if it's trying to be, I think it's failing because it's pushing for an idea of Kong being this like this protector who has to fight. It's reveling in violence. The film is like, look how cool all this violence is. And it's also leading to, it's like, was it like, hey, war sucks. By the way, start getting hyped for King Kong versus Godzilla. <laughs> you know, it's like, it, it, it's the, anti-mes- the anti-war message isn't there. I think um, some of our other friends, like our buddy Tom had said, like, the message is the same. It always is. Don't mess with nature. You know, yeah. don't go where you shouldn't be. And, you know? and I, I do agree, like, that that is that's that's obviously the theme of the movie. Yeah. I think, um, but because I'd kind of avoided getting into anything before seeing it, that's why like yesterday when I got home, I was like, "Well, these are really good questions." And so I was looking up like why I said earlier like his pitch was like, "I don't want 1917." Like, you know, I like he likes the imagery of napalm and the choppers mm-hmm. and stuff. So that was the one. The one thing is like he just thought like that was. Those that was cool. The Vietnam imagery was cool imagery to play with in a giant monster movie. And that's setting. fine. That's cool. And that's, and, and that's pretty much all he he said. And the other reason was he was like practically. He he said that he didn't think setting it in the present day people would really buy that Skull Island wasn't explored. So yeah. the seventies was when like that satellite mapping technology was big, sure. and he was like, and that's like that was the reason. Fair enough. That was it. Yep. You know, and it was a very simple explanation. It wasn't meaning 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 um i will say that they they play into it a little bit like I, sam jackson's character at the beginning you see him looking at his medals and he's like what was the point of all this mm-hmm. and then you know brie larson comes up to him and she was like you know you lost and he's like we didn't lose and then later he's like i'm not gonna lose again so i mean you clearly get all stuff you could do for their right family. for any for yeah. anything yeah. but um but yeah i mean i i was surprisingly i guess refreshed mm-hmm. By how simple that explanation was. He was like, I think the imagery is cool and it makes sense with the technology I want to use in the movie. Sure. And that was it. Um, but yes, Matt. Uh, I found the grievance, guys. Oh. Well, a, a grievance related to this. Did you guys like the, the line of dialogue where uh, Brie Larson oh, like. He's been bitching about this all weekend. So, so they find the, the graveside of the two Kongs, and she's like, I've taken enough photos of mass graves to recognize Ooh, them. I hated that line. That was a terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. And, because, and just like the way it was like delivered everything, and like the fact that she says it, and then just kind of like, it just hangs there like a bad fart in the room. Like it doesn't like mean anything. Yeah. I well, like, and then she's comparing like two dead monsters to like mass graves of people during Vietnam. Yeah. Like, no, oh, it was terrible. It's just so bad. I'm telling you, like I, I feel bad. I almost feel bad for Brie Larson in this film because it's like, it's such a waste of her. Yeah. And then like her character, I, I feel like comes across pretty bad actually. Like in, in moments she, she literally like, she's there to smile and that's it. Yeah. That's, I, and I, that's literally all she does in the movie. Yeah. Um, anyway, moving well, on. Well, Matt had like complained about that yesterday and then like, I don't know when she said it, it just kind of like went in and no, ear. No, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I kind of forgot about it. <laughs> it like, went oh, kind of in and ear and out the other. And then when we saw it again, I was like, wait, why did she even say that? Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's, it's one of those lines where it's like, what, 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 what where, are you, where? That's a moment where it feels like the movie's like, ah, yeah, Civil War's <laughs> bad, guys. Like, just want to remind what? you that. Like, oh, okay. I did, I did like the the Jaws four sound when uh, John Goodman. Got uh, he's he's been going on. Dude, I'm telling you, it's there. I haven't seen Jaws four okay, since I was listen, like 13. Trev, watch, is... watch Jaws four, and and when they like make that stupid thing, the Jaws 
There's like that scene where Jaws is jumping out of the ocean every time that thing goes off and makes that creepy sound. And then when John, when uh, John Goodman's character gets eaten by the skull crawler, uh, the he's, his camera goes off and makes the same sound. It's the same thing, man. So are you saying it's the same sound effect or that the scenes are similar? They're just similar. And okay. it, sound, it also sounds... Because similar, in Jaws similar. 4, he didn't eat no, 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 like a just, camera or no, a No, I'm just saying, like, it's just the same sound. It just reminded me, that's all. It's reminiscent. Right. Trev, do you have any, the, any earthly idea what this guy's going <laughs> no, to No, but nobody does. It yeah. doesn't. It, it's fine. <laughs> my, my wife doesn't even. It, it's, it's okay. You're out of control, dude. Um, Mass graves, man. <laughs> Mass graves, yes. Um, uh, but no, uh, I will say... Um, and I mean, even with the 2014 Godzilla, once the monsters finally get together and fight, it's it's cool. And I I think that carries over here. I I, I really like the fight scenes. I kind of wish they were, I guess, kind of what we said earlier, spaced out a little more evenly. Um, but uh, yeah, I Legendary is knocking it out with the money shots because like when he's fighting the big skull crawler at the end, he takes like the the boat turbine and like basically does an <laughs> uppercut that slits the thing's throat then later and then like a few minutes later he rips out the tongue and then a bunch of organs like come falling out and it's all gross and that's a great fight actually yeah so Tre- i mean trev obviously we're i think we're all in agreement that practical monster fights are cooler but i mean just the overall the action and fight sequences how did mm, i like the final fight yeah i, I like that i like the final uh, nothing nothing else really i didn't care about the octopus fight so much or a lot of their sequences but uh i, I um so would I, you say I, the boneyard and i like the boneyard one? sequence i thought other than the stupid uh slow-mo uh gas mask part, <laughs> but i liked the majority of that sequence um but yeah i like the final fight um, kind of tying into what you just said about like the grotesquerie of like this cutting the throat and the pulling the organs out. I do think one thing I, I liked about the film <laughs> is how, I don't want to say graphic isn't the right word, but the, the deaths in this are actually pretty brutal, yeah, but like the, brutal, like it's like the kind of brutal, like what, that we like it. It's like a fun brutal, right? Yeah. yeah. It's brutal, but not oppressive. Um, I do. Almost like, I, a, almost like less gory Sam Raimi. Yeah. And I, do, <laughs> I, I do. I mean. I actually love the irony of the of the Shea Wiggum sacrifice scene. Yeah, uh, that's a great Which, moment. Do, were you expecting him to actually like? I thought it was going to work. work. Of course, yeah. yeah. And the fact that they subverted that and like it just like <laughs> he just gets knocked away and blows up. I just like I made me laugh, and I just thought that was a that great was one moment. of the best moments in the movie. Yeah, for sure. and the, there's a total Sam Raimi moment with when um they're shooting the spider and the. Uh, the soldier Jason Mitchell, the, the Easy E guy, falls on the ground and like he just gets covered in all this goo. Yeah. And it's like that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. I guess. Like when the guy got hit up into the uh, helicopter blade. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of wish that had been just a little bloodier. Actually, yeah. I wanted like blood to but like. That, but I, it was kind of what I expected. The dude hits the windshield. Yeah. Goes up into the yeah. chopper blade and takes him down. Like the part in Captain America where like the guy just like splatters. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so let's talk. About, I mean, I mean, obviously, we've said about seventy times practical over CG any day, but effects. How do you guys feel about it? Um, they're okay. I mean, my thing is, like I said, I, there's something about the CGI in this film where it never looked photorealistic to me. I always knew I was watching CGI, and I, I get obviously I would know I was watching CGI <laughs> right. anyways. But I mean. It never. It always looked a little cartoony to me. I didn't feel like things were moving exactly naturally, and especially when Kong is like in shots with like people. I felt like it doesn't. I I almost. I, it's been a while since I watched the Jackson one, but I almost feel like that Kong looked more realistic when in frame with like 
Naomi Watts than he did in this one in Frame with People. Do you think that's just an issue with the scale being Could be. so different? Could be, yeah. Um, but I definitely think, I, I think it was a mixed bag leaning more towards good. Okay. I think like there was, there, like, was some, there was some iffy stuff, but overall yeah. I had no yeah, large I, I see what you mean, especially like a lot of the the more, I guess, how do we even say, energetic, like the more frantic scenes. I can see it, but like uh, um, one, like there's a few moments that I do think are like really good, like um, he grabs her out of the water. when he grabs Brie Larson out of the water really and like that did look photorealistic to me. Um, I think the scene when she like touches him is kind of iffy. Like there are times yeah. when, when she's in the shot with his face, it looked bad. When they just showed his face, I thought it looked great. Yeah. Like his eyes and stuff. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, now, uh, I mean, I think the per- performance-wise, I think Jackson, Riley, and Goodman, yeah, they're almost running circles around everyone else. Mm-hmm. That's because they had things to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they kind of you get where they you get their motivations and where they're coming from. Everyone else is just kind of a. Uh, I think I think Hiddleston had a chance. Like I, I liked it, the early stuff with his character was fun, and then like he just is just kind of there to get you. Yeah, Same. he's generic action guy at a yeah. certain point. He's yeah. Ford. Yeah, he's, but he's, he's but, Ford. But he's, but he's better than Ford sucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's not a Ford in this, thankfully. <laughs> Ford is the worst character in the Godzilla franchise. I'm like, sorry. you could say Brie Larson is Ford, but at least she's, like, running around looking I, I do like think Brie Larson. Brie Larson is not helpless. That's one thing that's different about yeah. her character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She kills a monster. Right. Yeah, I just wish there was more to her. Like, yeah. that's a character that deserved more. Like, more I will say, beats. like, given the time period. It's probably unlikely, but I feel like if she was signed on to come back, I think they would push her to the forefront because she's a big star. Sorry, Marvel snatched her up. (laughs) Yeah. I I will say, uh, if we're talking about characters right now, uh, now I'll say my biggest biggest plus of the movie, my biggest positive of the film, because I haven't even told you guys what I like the most about it. Oh, boy. Yesterday we had the conversation. I said, "What is a Kong film when it's not him being taken away? Like, what you know, what what's the interesting take on him?" And I will say, the thing I liked most about this movie is I thought it was a very cool idea to have like a, an Ahab story of mm-hmm. like the the Samuel Jackson character and just the whole. I was like really invested in that story of like a man who just is like becomes obsessed with killing Kong. Yeah, he and he's like, I'm taking this thing out, even if it's yeah. like all against his best interests. And, and I, he he like he's he's a character like and it's interesting because it's like he kind of becomes a villain, but not really. Yeah. Right? Like you get where he's coming yeah. from. It's it's he's an interesting character. It's, uh, and I think there was this is where I think maybe the Vietnam setting but i mean again you could replace it with any kind of war period like you get the feeling like at the beginning that he's already a little off his rocker and then when kong takes out his crew he's just he snaps yeah and but he's an interesting character because he's not it's not he's not driven by like selfish motivation he cares about his crew yeah when he gets reunited with some of his crew like Like, he hugs hugs them he's excited to see them they have that great moment where they say like kong didn't kill like Chapman and he holds up the dog tag and says, yeah, but he did kill these men. And you're like, Oh, I get it. You know, you see mm-hmm. where he's coming from. And I just thought he's a great character. Yeah. I, I, I really like that story. And I think that was the, you know, obviously the, the big crux of it is him fighting the skull, skull crawlers, but the, the Kong Samuel Jackson relationship is like the best part of the movie to me. Yeah. I liked uh, John C. Riley's arc, the ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I thought that was nice to end with him meeting his family, getting to his family. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I mean, uh, the trailers really sold it as, like him being a dumbass. Yeah, yeah. They, they show like they, they sold him as like comic relief in a way that turned me off, and then that's kind of like 
all of his jokes kind of are in the trailer. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple more, but I mean, he's not, it's, he's not what you think he is from the trailer. And like, I like one thing that I do like that kind of goes with, I guess, fits in with the pacifism of the, the natives is when he says like, uh, you know, the Asian soldier that he crashed there with, he was like, you know, once we were out of our uniforms and, you know, we, we became best friends. And I was like, oh, wow, that's actually, like, a very, like, Ishiro Honda, like, humanist moment. And then um, I remember when I saw the trailers and I saw him wearing, like, his, like, goofy flight suit and holding a sword. I was like, what are they, is this character, like, a goofy, like, pirate? What is this? And then <laughs> and then it's like, no, like, there's an actual... Like, reason behind it. Character-driven, thematic reason why he's using that sword, you know? And it's like, oh, it, everything... It clicks together in the movie in a way that the trailer just. He does have a great line that kind of like that when you talk about like the war aspect of the film. He does have a really good line when he asks, "Did we win the war?" And they say, "Which one?" And he goes, "That makes sense." <laughs> yeah. Like the fact that he's like, "Yeah, of course we were still fighting." And war. Uh, That's a great I line. thought it was kind of funny when you know it opens with Goodman and um, his assistant uh, getting out of like a, a cab going into this building, and uh, Goodman says like, "There's there's never." Uh, gonna be a worse time yeah. for us <laughs> whatever yeah, yeah. i thought that was funny that was, that was pretty cool. uh speaking of which i do think we should mention at least for me and trev we did get a surprise richard jenkins we guys that was pretty exciting although we did not get my expected uh so i was on imdb and uh i was looking at the imdb cast before i saw us and i was like all excited they said thomas middleditch is in this movie thomas middleditch star of silicon valley uh an improv comic i like a lot and I'm like waiting the whole movie for him. Then I'm like, I know he's in the movie. So we get to a certain point where they're like, he's not there. He's not on the island. I'm like, oh, he's going to be like one of the guys that comes and rescues them at the end. Nope. Come to find out on the credits, <laughs> he's just the voice of Jerry. We like we spent like 20 minutes after the movie trying to figure out who Jerry was. I still don't know. Don't know. It's the guy on the phone with Brie Larson in the dark room. Oh. And I'm like, why is that? Like, okay. why is that Thomas Middleditch? Like, what's the point? <laughs> So I don't had a famous voice. So I like, it's a trade-off, right? I my I didn't get expected Thomas Middleditch, <laughs> but I got surprised Richard Jenkins, which is fine. I don't know what the point was, but I I do I do know that uh, Jordan V. Roberts. <laughs> um, I know he's like I know he's like involved with a lot of comedy stuff. Well, like, that's got to be why Eugene yeah. Cordero's in. Yeah, because um, he directed. Uh, I think it was the Netflix like Nick Offerman mm-hmm. live special, and so like. He like knows a lot of the comedy yeah. guys. I read that I have seen, by the way. Okay. <laughs> no, no, right? Did you watch that stand up and was like, this guy gotta get him for King Kong? I read that the uh, Richard Jenkins character was supposed to be uh, Tom Wilkins. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a trade off, Trev. I mean, yeah. you got you got a uh, uh, surprise Jenkins, but you you didn't you didn't really get your expected middle ditch. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe one day you'll get a surprise middle ditch and unexpected Jenkins. Yeah. You know. Um. So, uh, <laughs> post-credit scene. Oh. <laughs> well, first of all, we got Resident Evil, which yes, <laughs> that's a term you coined recently. When yeah, Resident Evil, which watched. we were watching when Trev. Let's tell the story of that to set this yeah. up. So Trev- we're watching. We're so um. There's a character in Resident Evil Two, Jill Valentine, a character from the from the, from game, the, from the yes. games, played by Sienna Gilroy. And after Part Two, she's not in the series again. For well, she's not in Part Three. And then you watch part four and she's not in that. And then we're and then we were actually just telling Bert about how we're like, oh, there's a mid credit scene coming up. It's going to make no sense. He's like, what do you mean? We're like, no, just trust us. And then we're watching it and the cast is coming up and it says in the cast, Sienna Gilroy, Jill Valentine. And Bert actually like sees that and goes, 
wait, was she was was she in the movie? And we're like, oh, well, I guess they just ruined it. And then that's the thing. Like, <laughs> they reveal her in the mid-credits scenes. So they, they spoil that if you pay attention to the cast. And something very similar happened here. <laughs> so, yeah, right, like, at the very end, like, it, it does, does a little soundtrack available from whatever records. Text comes along the screen that says, Godzilla, Mothra, Rodan, and King Ghidorah created and owned by Toho, the Toho <laughs> Company. And... When, when I of, saw that, all of us were just like, "Oh!" Yeah, like when, in the moment, when, like, yeah. When I saw that, I, first we like kind of laughed, and then I was just like, "Thanks, guys!" Yeah. <laughs> you know. And then we get a scene uh, where Larson and Hiddleston are, I guess, back at the Monarch headquarters, and it it almost seems like they're trying to get them to come to an agreement where they won't say anything about any of it. And then uh, Corey Hawkins comes in, and he's like, "You know." We, we, we think you guys might want to want to stay with us. And he's like, well, Kong's not the only one out there. And then they show like film reel footage of these cave paintings and they see Godzilla, Rodan, Ghidorah. And then the final one is a shot of a painting of Godzilla fighting King Ghidorah. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. Um, I, I mean, as far as the scene goes, I think, I mean. I didn't like it. It well, was pretty lame. I mean, like it was. In credit scenes are always kind of lame to me. For the well, most part. yeah. Let, let's let's get, go there. Like, it, well, I guess Trev, are there any post credit scenes that you do like really think like, oh wow, like is Thanos like, putting on his glove, gonna be like, yeah. Let's, let's. <laughs> well, when they still like when Marvel started, right? Like initially those post credit, like the obviously the Iron Man one was great. You know, showing us Thor's hammer at the end of Iron Man two is cool. You know, um, you know, I, for a while I, I did like the post credit scenes. It's, it's getting to a point where they're just expected, and like it's like who cares. I think the last one I feel like I liked a lot was the shawarma one in Avengers. It was <laughs> right. just like, and I feel like oh, that was like, almost right, like yeah. making fun yeah, of it was, the you know, idea of post. Um, now you're just like, well, whatever, right? But this one was just I didn't like this one because I didn't like it on a couple of story levels. Like, so Brie Larson and Tom Hiddleston seem like so amazed by this idea that there's, and it's like, well, you've all you just run an island with like tons of monsters. You shouldn't be like your their reaction just seemed weird. Yeah, to they seemed like, like they were amazed by the yeah, yeah the fact that there's like maybe more monsters, and then also just thinking like. So it, it felt weird to me to say, so like Godzilla's already fought King Ghidorah? Like that's not going to be something you show us for like the first time. You know what I mean? Like That's an interesting question. I didn't yeah. think about that. Yeah, because it shows him fighting. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I guess if they're going back to like these things being like centuries old, I mean. But then again, whatever. some of these post credit scenes may not be even canon. Oh, yeah. Like Marvel does that all the time. Yeah, like so they'll like, have yeah. a post credit scene and then like it doesn't make sense once the next movie comes yeah. out. I think the main thing is they're just telling you they're 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 going to be in the next films yeah. at some point. I mean, my my thing, and this is kind of how I judge the Marvel ones too, is like they're always kind of lame because they're really just like here's like the tiniest tease yeah. of what to expect, and then but then like you know as a fan you're like oh well that's kind of underwhelming I sat through all these credits but then like I kind of have to check myself and realize these scenes aren't made for like us like like the movies they're made for everybody so like. People that don't follow this sh- shit all the time, like they're they don't know that they're gonna go there for a sequel. And I mean, same with the Avengers. But the people here's the thing, though. Here's the problem with that logic. Not problem. I mean, the the people who don't know that that's where they're going are also the people who would watch that post credit scene and not know what those drawings even are. <laughs> like anyone who yeah. knows what those drawings are already know that the next movie is like Godzilla two yeah. and then Godzilla versus King. Well, kind of like, like they know it. Yeah, you know. Well, kind of so. like the Avengers one, like. When Thanos turns yeah. around, no one knows what that means yeah. except for people that already know Marvel. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. That's weird. They've almost gotten to a point where 
They're but, un- they're unnecessary. They're unnecessary. Yeah, it's almost gotten to a point where they don't service right the general public or the fans. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I think they just need to. I don't know if that that post credit scene would only make sense if it if I felt like they were actually the point of it was that they were they were recruiting Hiddleston and Brie Larson to join Monarch. Yeah, but I'm sure that's not the case because I don't think we're they, they would see have anything to have in this. Aged like four yeah, years. we're not going to see anything in this time period again. Yeah. so yeah, probably not. I wouldn't think. Yeah, yeah. unless they do like a flashback or yeah. something. But yeah, that's that's weird. I mean, I, I I think it served its purpose. The purpose of a post credit scene, and if I didn't have the internet or whatever. Uh, I would. I probably would have shit myself if I didn't know that that's where they yeah. were going. But um, I'm just surprised it wasn't a stronger connection to Godzilla, like showing us a young version of Ken Watanabe's character. Or yeah, something. yeah, that would have been cooler. Yeah, or just showing us Godzilla in general, or maybe like a de-aged Wat- Wat- Watanabe comes into the room or, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> kind of is what I said. I do that a lot. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I mean, that Skull Island. I mean, I was satisfied with it. Um. This is where the two of you might disagree with me, but I'm really struggling as to if I liked it more than Godzilla. I'm not struggling at all. I feel like yeah, there's. It's I, definitely I, better. I feel like the strengths of one are the weaknesses of the other. But okay, but you but, can say that, but there's but that doesn't like, mean what? it's half but, and half. But like, right. what strength? What strengths does it does Godzilla have that that skull arm? I just feel not? like the monsters are more important. And Godzilla, in a way, at least the movie treats them as more important. Maybe Godzilla. I don't think it treats the Mudos all that special. Nah, I, I think the Mudos suck, honestly. Yeah. Oh, God. I don't think they're that great. The Mudo, I will say the Mudos had more personality than the Skullcross. No, no, I mean you see the part where the two reunite and they almost kind of kiss. So that and then, that and then personality. And then you see the part, they, and, they, and they then nozzle. and then you see the reaction of the mother when the eggs are destroyed. Like you don't get any. Thing like Did that. you see the reaction of the skull crawler when it was feeding itself and like eating people? That's not. That's it not was, like it was ugh. famished. Trev, help! I don't agree with you. I don't think <laughs> it was that great. Well, this is an unfair fight, so I'm gonna eject myself. <laughs> You're like Kong fighting the two T Rexes and Peter Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna eject myself from this because I disagree. I, be, before before you, so you have to rank it against Pacific Rim and Godzilla 2014. For me, Pac Rim is gonna be hard, really hard for any of the any of these to beat. I I feel like it's the what best. About, what about you? That's a good question because Pac Rim is a film I, I liked like when I saw, it and it's kind of like fallen a bit for me. Like I'm not super into it now. It's not that I dislike it. I'm just not like that engaged and invested with it anymore. Um, I think Pac Rim does the best at world building. Out see, of all see, yeah, I think I'd agree with argue... that. Maybe I like this as much as Pac Rim, but like I like different things about both. Yeah, see, I think know? I think you can argue that Pacific Rim does things better that Skull Island struggles with, which is world building specifically. But I don't think you can say that really about Godzilla. The only thing that Godzilla did was it had the massive buildup, but I thought the fights in Godzilla were kind of lame at the end. I disagree. I thought the fights in Godzilla were disappointing, honestly. That I'm telling, Trev made fun of me earlier, but that man that when he splits but the jaw open, breathes Godzilla fire down, has that, like two, that is one of the best. It, it is, but that one moment can't ever. save like Ford being a retard the entire. Movie. Well, I mean, well, you're talking about the monster fights. I thought the Godzilla, the, the, but, but or like I thought the fight at the end of the Godzilla was, but great. like or like Godzilla kind of just getting like shit canned. I mean, Pacific, the, I, I the Battle don't. of Hong Kong and Pacific Rim bitch slaps both of these movies, so. I don't agree with that either. <laughs> I don't agree with that, that either. That, that I do, and I like Pacific Rim. 
I would go. So for me, I would go Scar Island, Pacific Rim. Way down at the bottom would be fourteen. Pack Rim way up high. I might do. I might. I, I might echo your your <laughs> ranking, Matt. I might actually think Skull Island is like maybe a little bit more fun in the moment. It it's just fun. It doesn't feel as long and bloated as Pack Rim, too. Yeah, like Pack Rim is another one where I'm like, man, you could definitely cut some stuff out of that. Like, I do like I- Idris Elba is still the best character like out of all the movies. Like he's my favorite. Oh, Michael Mori. Michael Mori, dude. Nah, Idris Elba. Michael I mean, Mori's like awesome. I'm not. Yeah. Hating on what about this. Tendo Choi? No. I don't know who that is. This is not a Clifton Collins Jr. Oh, okay, no. But <laughs> Pacific Rim has better character names than well, yeah, maybe in a movie. Raleigh. Yeah. <laughs> Hercules Hansen, Stacker Pentecost. Those are names. Stacker Pentecost is, is just an awesome name. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, so I feel like I have this prepared. Matt, you probably have it somewhat prepared. Trev, you probably we'll, we'll get like he'll, he'll think about yeah, it. Yeah, we'll he'll, do. He'll we'll do yours like. Okay, there's what? There's this one, two, three, I think four. It's eight. Is it eight? Five, six. Wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, so eight. eight Kong movies. Yeah, all together. Go down the line, best to worst. You should. I think you should go first. Okay, you should go first because you said you had it prepared. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go. All right, thirty-three. Uh, versus thirty-three. Class of its own. 33, it's, it's like Godzilla. The first Godzilla is in a class of its own. So 33 with like a big square around it. And then two I would do versus Godzilla. Then Escapes. Then as of right now, Skull Island. Um, and then I'm going to do... This is this is the, the struggle I have is I can't go Son of Kong or Jackson. I really have a hard time. They're kind of even to me. But for now, just to make sense of all this and get through it, I'm going to say Son of Kong, Kong 05, and then in its own separate thing, way at the bottom, I'm going to do <laughs> King Kong Lives, and then Kong 76. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're next. All right. He's still, he's, the gears are turning. I can, I can see him thinking. Uh, yeah, King Kong way up top. <clears throat> um, King Kong Escapes. Uh, King Kong vs. Godzilla, Skull Island, uh, Congo 5, Son of Kong, and then King Kong Lives. <laughs> and then 76. I'm so- well, can I can I eject Son of Kong from mine? Because I don't remember it at all. I mean, yeah, I saw can, it when I was can, young, you can, but you I don't can. remember. I, can't, I couldn't fairly put it in because I saw it when I was young. And That's never fair. And, and technically, King Kong isn't actually in it. Yeah, I mean, so my so thirty three is probably my second favorite one. No, I'm just kidding. Um, thirty stupid. <laughs> no, thirty three is obviously the best. And Still then, holds up. Yeah, and then for me, like really, um, yeah, I'd say King Kong Escapes now is like probably my second favorite. Then versus Godzilla, then Skull Island, then 05, then um, seventy six, and then King Kong Lives. Okay, I like seventy six more than King Kong Lives. I, I mean. I, <laughs> I, I guess I'd probably rather watch Lives to like make fun of it, but I gotta I gotta acknowledge that as bad as seventy six is, I think it's still a better movie than yeah. King Kong. I, I I do think it's a better movie, but I'd rather go with the dumb camp. I, yeah. Lives and, I I mean I'd prefer not to watch either. Really. Yeah, I mean, I I'll watch Lives over seventy six all day. Um, I mean seventy six, man, Jessica Lang. Yeah. Well, she's looking good. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie there. Um. No offense, Linda Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
do you have a, a favorite? Who's your who, who's the hottest Kong? Girl? Naomi Watts. Okay. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, Naomi Watts. Yeah, she still looks good too. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, Brie Larson is very. I mean, Brie Larson is. We're getting very like, uh, oh, what's who's the hottest? <laughs> We're like turning into Kong. <laughs> <laughs> who's the hottest white girl? <laughs> um, Actually, uh, who do you let's, me, here's me a, Hama. Whatever. Here's a, here's a better question. Though. Here's a better question. That's not as sexist as your question, Bert, <laughs> that we foolishly went along with. Who's the out of the whole Kong series, Kong franchise? Who's your favorite human character? I like the charisma and enthusiasm of the original Carl Denham. Yeah, I think he's just a lot of fun. Uh, he's He's clearly doing the wrong thing, but unlike in like the Jackson version, you never feel that he's like malicious. And I just think it's just a really charismatic performance. Doctor Who is awesome too. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go Doctor Who. Doctor Who, yeah, that's a good one. I would say Doctor Who or or Denham. I don't think, yeah, either one of those two are pretty awesome. So mine's Jimmy. <laughs> Kong 05. Yeah. You've been reading too many books. <laughs> it's too much adventure for you. Uh, no, it's it's Denim, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah Denim, Denim is, I think, the best character. Doctor Who is just like psycho. Yeah. Fun tidbit John Goodman's character is dressed like the original Denim mm-hmm. in this movie. Uh, speaking of John after, Goodman, But honestly, as I think about it, though, after Denim, it might be Samuel Jackson's character. Yeah. Samuel Jackson ha- is is a fun character. I do like the Peter Jackson version of Anne. Oh yeah, I, do. I I guess she that she is good. Yeah. She's great. Yeah. Um I really do I do love that scene where she's trying to entertain Kong. Yeah. Like, he like yeah. he's like smacking her down and yeah. laughing. Yeah. 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 Uh the Jackson version of Anne is definitely awesome. Um speaking of John Goodman, we should mention that him and Brie Larson did a movie together at one point, but they never <laughs> actually were in a scene together. And for some reason, John Goodman went through this production going as long as he could without actually meeting her. Like, intentionally, right? That, yeah. was, that was his thing? Yeah. yeah. He's a weirdo. I don't know. Who does that? He's a strange guy. <laughs> this is the first skinny John Goodman movie, too. I love John Goodman, though. He's great in everything. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Great in Cloverfield Lane. I still have not seen that. Oh, what a shock. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but that Offerman thing, man. I've seen that, yeah. <laughs> like, it's... Uh... Ooh, what's a good, how many, ooh, what's a good, like, scale? How many, uh, how many, like, skull crusher throwing up people heads? Skull crawlers, man? You can't even get I, the name right. Dude, I never get names right. That's my thing. How many, like, downed helicopters? <laughs> that's too, that's too bland. <laughs> how many mass graves <laughs> do, you, do you give this out of five? <sighs> I feel like Trev has to go first. <laughs> no, three. Three out of five. That's, that's a, it's a solid that's, three out of five. Yeah, that's a yeah. solid rating, I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I'm going to go four. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to, like, Godzilla 2014, that was a four, and now it's kind of slid down to a three and a half. Maybe this will happen, but I, I'm going to go a four. The nerd in me is a four. Uh, like, critically, ooh, eh. Critically, I would say it's a you know, three. It's, it's more like a three, but I mean, yeah. for for being a Kong fan, it, it's it's a good, it's a four for me. Um, so well, I guess I'm the critic of the bunch. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're 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 bringing an outside perspective. It's appreciated, you know. Um, so that's Kong Skull Island. Uh, go go check it out. Um, I mean, anyone that's listening to this, 
Especially if you're one of those Godzilla fans that's like, duh, I'm only going because it's a Godzilla connection at the end. It's like, dude, just watch it. It's good. And watch King Kong hey, movies. Hey, you, whoever that was, this is way better than Godzilla 14. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm not going to go there. It is. You know what? Don't listen to Bird. <laughs> Uh, this so, actually, like, I was like, I wasn't huge on the film, but I'd say like this reinvigorated me into the monster verse than fourteen. You know, like after fourteen, I was like, I don't care about the rest of this. But after this, I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess there's potential here yeah. because at least they seem to have found a better tone. And I know, and now um, the fact that you know, um, Mike Doherty's doing, yeah, who, I know, too. I know you like. I mean, I feel I like love, everyone I should love Doherty, should, yeah. should like him a lot. Yeah, and I mean, um, I feel like if if 2014 was kind of like a test run. Um, do you feel more confident that, I mean, I guess the biggest, the big criticism about 2014 is that it's dry. Do you feel more confident now that, you know, the future movies are going to have a little bit more spunk to them? Yeah, I think that this, that's what this proves. It's almost like this is like when, um, this is like what Batman v Superman should have been, right? Yeah. Like this is like the proper reaction to like the, the, the <laughs> fan reaction to the first film, yeah, yeah. right? Um, you know, like you said, there's kind of negatives. Like, they maybe they overcompensate in some areas. But still, they listened to criticism, and they did the right thing for the most part. Mm-hmm. Instead of doubling down on what people didn't like about the first one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Uh, Warner Brothers, I mean, if, if you got any legendary guys, like, mm-hmm. picking up their checks or something at the office, maybe pull them in. <laughs> but, uh, Although, by, like, I mean, I, I'm sure you guys have already noticed, too, and we, everyone will have figured this out. But by presenting such a version of a, a version of Kong that's like explicitly said to be a hero in the film, and like you know someone who protects people, and then also giving us a version of Godzilla already that is that we now know that like it's King Kong versus Godzilla is clearly going to be like they fight in the first act and yeah. then they're going to team, the, they're gonna team yeah, up. Yeah, they're, they'll yes. team up. I yeah. mean, and I, it'll be against like King Ghidorah. Yeah, I think it has to There's going to be a big yeah. bad that's yeah. going to come in and and that's fine with me. You know, I'm sure some fanboys are like, well, like, uh, you, as, like so how much are you guys <laughs> like, is your, are your heads going to explode when you finally see like King Kong fight Ghidorah? That would, uh, yeah, and that's going to be, gonna cool. be yeah. great to see him interact with, you know, Toho monsters, you know, it's what Toho never had the money to do, and you know, I'm I'm cool with that. They they were trying to get him in to destroy all monsters, but they their rights to Kong had expired by then, you know. So, no, I mean, good on him, and uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is like one of those things that without, t- I think most producers, you know, you're trying to develop a, a crossover movie at one studio, and the studio says no. That's where most producers would have just been like, okay, never mind. But Thomas Tall's like, no. I want to see this happen. And, you know, that's what we're getting. So, props there. Um, so, that's been our whole Kong uh, rundown. I think next you can expect us to get it. There's a lot going on in April, too. Um, but I think we're going to round out the month with some Power Rangers stuff, because that's coming up. Um, we have probably the worst idea we've ever had uh, for, for our first <laughs> April episode. Oh, man, um, and then in April, yeah. we we want to do our episode about the uh, the poll we did, the results of our, our ranking poll. There's going to be some surprises, too, actually. Yeah, um, and Colossal comes out in April, um, and we also have an interview that we're trying to set up. So, yeah, a lot of stuff going on, and um, you can catch me and Trev on If It Bleeds, We Can Kill It. You can catch Trev on... Days of Future podcast, if you're an X-Men fan, and uh, Matt is doing some... Something that I don't know how much interest anyone listening will have, but 
It's out there. It'll be out It'll there, be out there at soon. some point. Well, when that's when it comes. Um, thanks for joining us, and it's been a, an exciting ride. And um, yeah, Godzilla two. Uh, I think we're ready. All right, Trev. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. All right. Oh, and uh, Mystery Science Theater comes back in April too. Yep. A lot going on. Uh, it's a good time to be a fan. So <coughs> goodbye, everybody. See you. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.